Wow, I somehow get a lag there. Don't know why, don't know how, but uh, welcome into Crunch Time. I'm Joe Hamilton alongside Theo the Juggernaut. Theo, how you doing, man? Doing good. It's a hump day. A little bit cloudy, but it's still beautiful weather outside. It feels like fall. How are you? Uh, pretty pretty good, pretty good. I'm just waiting for the inevitable uh, 20 degrees above zero with a negative 10 wind chill. I'm waiting for that. Because I know you it's never. You're not old. waiting for this Major League Baseball season to finish to put the St. Louis Cardinals out of their oh, misery. Yeah, that too. Just put them out of their misery. But <laughs> I will say, Adam Wainwright's going to have a good weekend, though. Since you brought that up, Adam Wainwright will have a good weekend. He's not going to pitch at all in this final weekend. And at first, I was like, "Dang it!" And in second, uh, when I thought about it, a second, I'm like, "You know what?" Even Wainwright himself said he doesn't know if he can pitch again. Like he doesn't. He he even says himself he doesn't think he can even get the surpass the ball past sixty feet. So, bye bye. Yeah, bye Wainwright. I'm I, I'm not saying that in a bad way either. Just give him a good send off this weekend. That's all I care about. And you're probably going to see him at the plate at least once or twice this weekend. Um, you know other storylines. I mean this NL wild card race, man. <laughs> Want to look at it right now? Yeah, is it is it gonna be is it gonna be Miami? Is it gonna be Chicago for that third spot? I mean, this is this is coming down to the wire, man. Well, Philly's locked in. We know that, right? Number four. So we got to look at you know basically, and unfortunately, yet again, the San Diego Padres with their lineup and their money are like the equivalent to the New York Yankees. And they're not even sniffing at the playoffs. So above San Diego is Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, Arizona. I don't, you know, for all those Cubby fans, do they get in and play that one extra game? Sure. Do I really want to see Miami play? No, not really. And I think I mean, Cincinnati's good pitcher. True. But I think who's ever in right now is going to be a lock to stay in. I don't think it's going to change much. I don't think it's going to change, to be honest with you. The the way it's looking, I mean, Milwaukee and Philly, they're in the same division, are they not? Philly's a lot hotter right now, and you never know. I mean, I don't see it changing. I see Arizona and I see Chicago both making it into the wild card. What do you think? I see Arizona, but... I somehow see Milwaukee, Miami sneaking in. I'd love to see it. Um, just because as a Cardinal fan, I can't stand any time the Cubs are relevant. Uh, but one thing I will say about that Cubs team, they really did a number when they went out and got Cody Bellinger. From, from uh, I mean, the fact that they went out and got Bellinger. And, you know, my friend's a Dodger fan. He doesn't think it's such a big deal that the Dodgers lost Bellinger. I think it's a huge deal. He's clutch. I mean, outside, like, I mean, you watch the, I mean, let's be honest. The Dodgers have Freeman, Muncie still, and Mookie Betts, who will, will probably win the AL MV, or the NL MVP uh, over at Kuna. But I don't, like, I mean, that's such a tough race, too. We don't talk about that much. But he is such a, Cody Bellinger is a, can be the clutch X factor for the Cubs. And don't forget Marcus Stroman, who has an up-and-down August, September. He loves playing in the preseason, so he will do his best to make sure they get there. 
So those two guys and the last couple of series they've had, they've been rock solid. I mean, their record in the last 10 games for the Cubbies hasn't been the greatest. They're four and six, but they got to straighten up a little bit. And, you know, I think they've got the possibility to do that because Arizona was hot. Yeah. But Chicago, I think, will outdo Miami, unfortunately. I'm just going to say it that way. It's going to be like that. We shall see on that because <laughs> I'm, I'm just – I'm excited to watch baseball this October. I am because, yeah, the Cardinals aren't in it. But there are a lot of good teams, man. A lot of good teams in there. I mean, there isn't a lock outside of maybe Atlanta, but uh, then again, Philly went in there and beat Atlanta last year. So anything can happen. Uh, the American League, the AL West is shocking to me because Houston just seems to, uh, it seemed like a month ago we were talking about Texas choking on something. Like they're, they, they ch- were choking big time. Now we're saying the same thing about Houston. Yep. So flopped in the last ten, and Texas, Texas won't have Scherzer, and Houston will have Verlander. Will he not? Is Houston's back? Verlander's back in Houston, right? Verlander's back in Houston. Yes. So that's a big deal. That's an X factor that we talk. Just like we talk about, you know, Bellinger being in Chicago. Don't go against Justin Verlander. And secondly, Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker will put that team. Back in together. Oh, last night, Altuve was airmailing balls to third base, and they didn't show their best foot forward. This team is a World Series champion. This team has the pieces that are still there to put together a good run in the last six or seven games here. So Houston's going to pop in there. I, I told you in August, I told you my Blue Jays were going to be strong and tried and true. And sure enough, they have been. You know, Vlad Jr. sat on the bench for a bit. Bichette was on the bench for a bit. But that starting lineup, and that starting pitching has been very strong for Toronto. They've done a good number, and they've racked up 87 wins thus far. And they're going to continue to be that second team. No one's catching Tampa Bay. I mean, they're already in. Let's be honest. So, do you see Seattle making a push against Houston? Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, Seattle did beat Houston. They have yeah. been beating Houston. So, if anybody can do it, I, I like Seattle. I like that energy there. And I still think that Julio Rodriguez is the next coming. I'm not saying player-wise. I'm not saying, you know, talent-wise, whatever. Papillardi-wise, becoming the new Ken Griffey Jr. out there. I mean, this guy, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I got to be controversial about something, and that's something I do believe in. Nobody has been that big of a cult icon in Seattle, since the days Ken Griffey Jr. came up. He's only 22 years old. But the thing is, he's only getting better, Theo. He's only getting better. I'm not joining that bandwagon yet. Uh, Ken Griffey is in my five. And there's no way the second coming, as you put it, is going to be in my top 25 ever. Sorry. I just don't see it. I mean, different generation, different setup. Everything. Again, Theo, I wasn't saying the player. Same popularity, and he's been a very good player to this point. Granted, it's early in his career, but he's been a very good player and a very popular one out there in Seattle. So, 
Yeah. I put him in that category. Name me somebody after Griffey left there. After Griffey left. So this is after Edgar Martinez, too. Name well, someone I mean, who Robinson was as popular was if... Lot, but he wasn't, he wasn't a... He was a Yankee first. Yeah. You know, Robinson Cano, but he fizzled out fast. Uh, they're right. There I'm talking been... homegrown. They don't have one. They haven't had one. No, they haven't. And, you know, if you look at that setup and that scenario, sure. You know, I'll, I'll give you that uh, trend, that tendency, that second coming, if you will. But, yeah, he's young. He's very popular. Does he have a shoe after him yet? Not quite. His bat, Griffey's swing is almost as noticeable as Mickey Tettleton. Where, if you remember Mickey back in the day, you know, he rest the bait, rest the bat on his back shoulder, and then he'd come twist through. Julio Franco, one of the greatest bat approach, approaches ever. I don't know how he wound up like that. Um, the baseball bat in Jose Canseco's hands, amongst that body, looked like a bready twig brush compared to how he hit that ball. So, I mean, Rodriguez isn't there. Griffey had that beautiful swing from the right side, left side of the plate. Magical. Gorgeous, you know, it was it was like a concert. It was a concerto every single time he hit the ball, and it just sounded so wonderful off his bat. Simply put. All right, but yeah, I, I cannot wait till next week. Get well, along with we have another season starting, but before that, we got to get the playoff preview out, and that's going to be next week. Also, that's gonna. Next week's going to be a huge show. Let's put it that way. But we still have a huge show here. Um, Theo, your Blue Jays. How far? How far can they go? You know, it all depends on who they meet up with, right? I mean, we've got Travis. <laughs> you really have to consider the strength of their bullpen and how their team is hitting. They're hit, hitting very well. I think their bullpen is second to none. Maybe Baltimore, who's going to be at the top. And I don't see them playing Baltimore right off the hop. So I I would like to see him get into the second round, into the championship series. But, I mean, Tampa Bay is there. Baltimore is there. And they've been really solid the entire way through. Um, I don't see either one of those teams really slowing down. I don't see Houston. I don't see Texas posing a threat. I can see the AL East having those three teams take up the four spots moving forward. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, Theo, looking back at last week in the NFL, well, let's do this because, I mean, I can't believe the Packers pulled that out. They came back. I mean, let's be honest here. If Derek Carr doesn't leave the game in Lambeau, that's a completely different ball game. You agree or not agree? The tide changed in that injury. The tide changed early in the third quarter. Um, I'm shocked that the New Orleans Saints allowed 17 points in the second half. Because their defense has been so strong at the end of last season and the beginning of this season to allow a rookie quarterback without a Watson, without a – it was uh, 
Aaron was Jones. It was out too. Jones was out. Musgrave barely saw the ball. Dobbs only caught six or seven passes. It was Reed. It was the other guys that Jordan Love found open. And how they were open against that secondary in New Orleans, I, I don't know if New Orleans airmailed it in the second half and just said we got this in the bag because clearly they didn't. No, they didn't. And Jameis Winston showed nothing. He couldn't even get a ball into like a, inside the 30 to give them a chance for eighth. A field goal would have won it for New Orleans anytime in the second half. And they couldn't even march the ball past the 30-yard line of Green Bay. That's how despicable the offense was for New Orleans. Now, do you put that on Derek Carr being the next coming? No, you don't put that on Derek Carr. You put that on the fact that the offensive coordinator and their game plan didn't plan for the fact that your quarterback may or may not get injured. That's preparation. And without preparation, your backup plan, as we see in New Orleans, is garbage. It is garbage, but you you know what else is garbage? The game planning of the Dallas Cowboys. And 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 you know what else is garbage? The mismanagement of a game plan in Dallas. You let a guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I didn't know you were switching teams or switching games so quickly. No, I'm because well because no that deserves it, Theo. Let's be honest here. There was a meme on Facebook that I just saw of Jerry Jones in the cowboy jersey. Let's go, like you know, making a joke. Come on, Jerry Jones. I mean. Jerry Jones is a media tidbit every time he opens his mouth. I don't consider what Jerry Jones says to be logical, to be factful, truthful, or anything that relates to what the Dallas Cowboys organization is. He's drinking whatever juice he wants to, and thankfully the team isn't. Losing Diggs with an ACL, yeah, it's a big deal. But that defense could have played better. You know, shutting down half of that side and allowing allowing the Cardinals of all teams to put up points like that so early, they weren't coming back. I, I just they allowed them three. Look, I understand you have a big injury on defense, like you said. But there's no reason Dak Prescott can't light up that that Arizona defense. Precisely. Unless we're overrating Dak Prescott, in which I think we are. Let's be honest here. Every quarterback that's been in the Dallas Cowboy jersey since Troy Aikman is overrated. Let's be honest here. They haven't had a true quarterback since Troy Aikman. Tony Roman played there for almost nine seasons. Yeah, but he, he didn't win. He didn't win the big one. Look at Dak Prescott. Can't win the big one. Hasn't been able to yet. That's what I mean if by overrated. If that's how you're grading your quarterbacks for not winning the big one, there's a lot of quarterbacks. Not, not even have, getting to the big one. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have been in the last decade. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, we could sit here and talk about the Cowboys all day and, and their ineptancy, whatever. But I'd rather sit here and. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather sit here and talk about how 
bad. How? Oh God, the Denver Broncos. What the hell was this, Theo? You will have seventy points on offense. 350 rushing yards, 350 passing yards. I mean, at, at what point does your whole coaching staff not step down after that? Like, that that's terrible. Not, no, and, and, like, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. On, on, uh, on one front, you know how we always blamed um, Russell Wilson? We can't blame Russell Wilson here. He played good. Not good because he would if he would have played good, they would have been close in that game. But he he was he wasn't the reason they lost that game. Okay? The reason they lost that game is because you gave up a 70 piece to the Miami Dolphins. It's amazing that McDaniel didn't even get an interview for the head coaching job of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I agree. You know, ball boy for the Broncos, intern with the Broncos staff. Position opens up, doesn't get a sniff. So it's a bit of an avenge thing for McDaniel as well. I'll give him that. There's the one thing that has been the common denominator for the Miami Dolphins is so so far this season is how impressive they are with their speed, how impressive they are with getting open, and how quickly they do their assignments. And those three things have catapulted the Miami Dolphins to the top of the division and to be exciting football again. Uh, the only thing that I'm concerned with is whether or not they can keep it up for not just the regular season, but into the playoffs. That will be the And, and he kind of keep Tua healthy. Oh, yeah. Tua's, and that's the thing. Tua hasn't been on attack the first three weeks. He hasn't faced a really hard defense. Or... That offensive line has just been given the ultimatum of saying, you do not allow anyone to touch Tua. Like, Tua is the mojo. We lose the mojo. We stop. We start losing. I think McDaniel may put that into their ears as well. I mean, they got weapon after weapon after weapon on that team too, so that helps. Speed, speed, and speed. Yep, exactly. So, um I don't know if we're going to see a bunch of 90-point games in the NFL anymore this year. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to top 70 points. But, you know, my dad, which we're, we're getting to that in our picks right now. Now, I was talking to my father basically saying, oh, you, the spread, the spread on these games for the, for the uh, Dolphins now are going to be crazy. They'll be up there with a grain of salt, I'll say. But not all of them. Not all of them, but but some games they're going to be up there. I mean, this team can score with the best of them. This team, I don't this think this team, team, is team scoring can... with the best of them. Yeah, I mean they're two points shy of the most points scored total ever in the first three games of a season. They've put up 130 points. The best team to do that is 132, the 68 Cowboys. That hasn't happened in forever. That's a long time. That's before you and me, Joe. It's probably before Dad, too. So it hasn't been done in a very, very long time. 
Yep. So we'll get to the, get back to the uh, Dolphins here in a minute. Uh, let's start our picks. We have uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night, or well, this will probably go out tomorrow. So tonight, the Packers and Lions. This will be a hell of a game. It'll be interesting to see if Christian Watson plays in this game or not. I think Christian Watson is the next factor in this game. I really do. He's questionable, which which tells me he's going to play in this game. And so I think uh, Aaron Jones is going to play in this game too. So, Theo, I hope you know I'm drinking out of your cup. I appreciate that. The, the fact that Aaron Jones and Christian Watson weren't in the lineup last week gave them an extra week to get those hamstrings more healed. Uh, having Watson and Dobbs as your dual threats and having Reed now show up as your third is huge. Having a two-back system for Jordan Love provides two more outlets for him. Detroit is, I mean, I know, you know, they came out hard against Kansas City. Has some of the luster gone? Not quite. But this is going to be a quite a tighter game than people think. And this will be like, I think, a stepping stone, whether or not Detroit is ready to leapfrog Green Bay or whether or not Green Bay still has the mojo to continue owning that division. And that's what this game is going to show early on in the season. That's, that's your favorite word, isn't it, Theo? Mojo? Mojo today. I did a lot of mojo. I was, I was getting my inner coach prime today as I was coaching. And uh, I was teaching flag football in school today. I got pulled into the gym. And the principal asked me, are you okay being in the gym? I said, well, they didn't. all I'm missing is the sun classes. And Coach Prime is in full effect. She had no idea what I was talking about, but the kids had a blast learning flag football. It was great. I mean, definitely about the mojo back in uh, West Texas. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's my word of the day, mojo. Yeah, mojo. Uh, well, you're probably going to have a different one each week. You're pretty witty about that kind of thing. So, uh, you got the Falcons and Jaguars. Nine thirty-eight. Packers, you're taking your lines. I'll take my Packers. Just because. I'll take the line. I'll take the line. Um, so um, you got the Falcons and Jaguars overseas. Both teams are in the morning. Jet lag. Uh, Jacksonville has to come back after their dis- terrible display last week. Atlanta has to come back with their display, only rushing forty-four yards last Sunday. Bijan's got to have a better game. Pitts has to get open a bit more. Whew. I don't think this is going to be a very good game to watch. It's early in the morning. I'm going to give the edge to Atlanta. Okay. I got I got the Jags. Uh, you got the Rams and Colts. Talk about a team that surprised the crap out of Baltimore. Uh, they won't do it two weeks in a row. Whether nope, or not Richardson plays or not, they're not going to do it. So I'll take the Yeah, Rams. the Rams are going to win this game. And – in the next game, I mean, I feel bad for the Cleveland Browns because you're going to have a pissed off Lamar Jackson coming in there. I'm going to – I'm just going to save talking about this game because I know this is going to be a big-time revenge game. I got the Ravens. Okay. I'll take the Browns on two points. One, Deshaun Watson hasn't won back-to-back games in Cleveland yet. And he needs to show that he can do that. Secondly, the Cleveland Browns defense and Miles Garrett are causing havoc 
in the on the line, in the middle, and in the secondary. If Miles Garrett can contain and pressure Lamar Jackson, it will be another field day for the Cleveland Browns defense, which is why I'll take Cleveland. So I think MG will do his best work on Sunday. I got the I got the Ravens. I'm sticking with the Ravens. Okay. Um, Vikings and Panthers. Two zero and three teams. Uh, Justin Jefferson has to come out and play with Kirk Cousins. If that tag team doesn't do as much damage as they are supposed to, watch Kirk Cousins leave the Minnesota Vikings. Furthermore, I think you're rushing Bryce Young back a bit too soon. Give him one more week off. I think I I feel bad for Carolina in this one only because Minnesota's got the raw end of the deal three weeks in a row. Like let's not be let's let's call a spade a spade. Last year the Minnesota Vikings, it's all been said, were eleven and zero in games that were sick decided six points or fewer. This year they are now zero and three, so they're on the other side of that ball. What have they lost? They've lost my favorite word to use, Joe. They've lost their mojo. So they got to find it. Yeah, I I got to go Vikings here. I I just I feel bad for that team, even though I'm a Packer fan. But I I can't I can't not have them win this game. You you just need to win this game. If they lose this game, that's just. That just tells me they were overrated from the start. A couple of couple people had this team winning the division too. Yeah, a couple people had this Vikings team winning the division. So, yeah, I'm gonna go Vikings. But again, the Panthers shouldn't shouldn't rush back uh, Bryce Young yet. So, uh, you got the Bengals and Titans. I'm gonna go Bengals. I don't trust the Titans. I mean, Tennessee took a one point game off my Chargers a couple weeks back. Uh... Cincinnati's defense, I don't know if they can handle Mr. Henry right now. And how healthy is Joe Burrow going to be? Uh, Jamar Chase doesn't want him to play, but Joe Burrow wants to. So, you know, I'm not going to push, but I think Tennessee could have a chance to pull this one off over Cincy. Okay. All right. Can't agree on everything. You got the Buccaneers and Saints. Interdivision game, garbage. Both a game of two ineptitudes. I mean, it, and I don't trust uh, Baker Mayfield at all. I don't, well, you know, when I don't James, trust what they're James doing. In, in, no, but that's the thing. This is a game I really don't want to watch, and I'm not going to watch. Okay, so the question is, which quarterback is going to lose you the game? And which quarterback is going to keep you in the game and manage it properly? Baker Mayfield is the one that will match Baker Mayfield better than Amos Winston. I'll take the Bucks. Yes. So Baker Mayfield, and I'll take I'll take the Bucks too. You got the Dolphins and Bills. This should be a high scoring game. I'm. This is going to be the scary game of the week because as fast and as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As many weapons as Miami has, Buffalo and their secondary weren't able to handle Cincinnati last year in the snow. How do you expect them to handle the track meet of the Miami Dolphins? 
Josh Allen cannot go toe-for-toe with Miami's offense. Hands down. The question is, will Buffalo's secondary slow down Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and company? Hard to say that they will. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah, I got the Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, you got Okay. You got the NFL Toilet Bowl of the Week. You got the Denver Broncos and Chicago Bears. The Tim Horton Special? Yeah, the Tim Horton Special. <laughs> I feel so sorry for every Bears fan out there. I just don't. You know. Next. You got to make a pick, Theo. No, you're not doing this. Not the Bears. <laughs> I'll go Broncos as well. Um, you got the Commanders and Eagles. Yeah, I, Interdivision game. Should be a good game. Eagles are crazy good on defense, man. Bears. And Jalen Hurts hasn't even played well. That's That's a scary thing, too. Jalen Hurts is still off his stride. But as good as that Philly defense is and DeAndre Swift in the backfield for Philly, whew, I don't see Washington going – Washington does not have the offense to score over Jalen Hurts. And I think Philadelphia is going to do – I'm going Eagles, yep. Yep, I think the Eagles. Uh, you got the Steelers and Texans. Another Tim Horton special. Oh, Texans won last week, though, as did uh, <laughs> both teams. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of in terms of both teams, in terms in terms of hey, in terms of both teams, talent wise, right well, I mean, now, Kenny Pickett is second year in. You know, he's he's a he's throwing the ball better now. It took him a couple of days, a couple of weeks. JJ Watt is. Phenomenal on defense. Like that Pittsburgh Steel Curtain defense is almost. You mean, uh, not TJ. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. All right. I'm going to go with you there. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Raiders, Chargers. This, oh man, this is going to be fun. It's in LA. Uh, I almost booked my flight for the Thursday nighter in December for the Charger Raiders rematch on Thursday night. Still, still thinking about going to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The big two things are this. Mike Williams has a torn ACL for the Chargers. Jimmy G, Jimmy G as of Wednesday, still hasn't practiced for the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders' backup has not won a game since 2016. And the LA Chargers are the second, I think the second or the third highest offensive points so far this season. Max Crosby hasn't had a great season so far in in Vegas. I still think the Chargers, without Williams and possibly without Austin Eckler, because he might get held out as well, still overcome the Raiders. But it's going to be close. Brandon Staley doesn't know how to win. So, yeah, I'm going to go Chargers in this one. It's going to be a tough game, that's for sure. Another, well, let's call this an easy game for the 49ers. You got the Cardinals and 49ers. Well, let's not call it easy yet, because if they did what they did to the Cowboys in the first quarter, 
and catch the Niners off guard, that changes that whole complexity of the rest of the game. The one thing San Francisco knows better than Dallas is that it's a four-quarter game, and they can come back from any deficit. We've seen it before. Brock Purdy controlling the ball, running the game, running the game plan the way he's supposed to. San Francisco should have an easy time with this. So I think the Cardinals are flying on cloud eight after last week's win. Why not nine? Because that was on Sunday. This is now Thursday. Okay. They're coming okay. down. They're coming. By the so, end of Sunday, they're going to be on cloud two. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you think there, Theo. You got the Patriots and Cowboys. Oh. How about Zeke them Cowboys? Watch Zeke light his old team up for 150 yards. Wouldn't that be just great? Isn't that how this usually works anyway? Well, we saw Daniel torch the Broncos. Uh, we've seen Tyree kill torch everybody in the AFC. Uh, yeah. But I think Dallas is going to be pretty upset about what they did in, with the Cardinals. And Mac Jones might be on the side of some bad things. Yeah, I think. I don't see. The, I don't see the, the Cowboys are going to secondary being tested as much, mind you. I mean, without uh, Trey Diggs, I mean, the thing is, New England doesn't have the the long weapons. They don't have the weapons to make that field longer in the secondary. So they're going to keep everything eight in the box, four in the top. They're going to make it simple, ten to fifteen yard plays. It's not going to be able to expand that field. That New England doesn't do that anymore. They don't have that Randy Moss person that's going to extend the field. So I'll take the Cowboys. All right, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. You got the Chiefs and Jets. Easy win for the Chiefs, right? Mm. Travis Kelsey going to go off now? Did he him? He has a new boo. You know, I'm not joining that Swifty train <laughs> story. Uh, I love how they're showing. The meme. I love how they're showing the meme. Of, and I don't swear on the show. You know I don't swear at this, Joe. But if you read Taylor Swift's lips when Kelsey gets in the end zone and they show her reaction, he says she says three words, let's expletive go. You can see her opening her mouth nice and wide when she says that. Good for you all, Swifties. Social media has taken this and blown it way out of proportion. <laughs> that I, don't have to go. I don't even have to like it. I don't have to dislike it. I don't have to watch it because everybody else is on the train with it. Not me, man. I'll go watch Shania Twain or Carrie Underwood or Garth Brooks or uh, Ratliff and the boys. I'll, I'll go old school on this. I'm not into this, you know, ooh, ooh stuff. You know, bye-bye. Boo. <laughs> so who wins? Guessing, well, guessing the Chiefs, right? Yeah, I mean – Here's the thing. I mean, yeah, I'm, Kansas City. I'm yeah, yeah. Out. The Jets. Uh, Jets. There's a lot of things the Jets need to figure out. The Jets have a tremendous defense, and I don't know why they're not trying to find a quarterback that is not like a crazy old veteran, but someone that has proven to win. I don't know who it was on Monday or Tuesday pointed out six possible players that the New York Jets have suited to try and fill up Aaron Rodgers' position. 
And number seven that nobody's talking about is Nick Foles. And I thought about that for a little bit a couple of days ago. And they signed Trevor Simeon this earlier this week, which for whatever reason they think is going to be a good backup for Zach Wilson, which is not. Nick Foles, as a study, as a tutelage, as a professor in winning clutch games, could help Zach Wilson just as much as Aaron Rodgers. I'm just sick. All right. I mean, I, I, the Jets are going to jet things up. Let's just be honest here. Uh, you got Monday Night Football, Seahawks, and Giants. I'm not going to be watching Monday Night Football, but I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, at that point, I'd rather watch preseason hockey. That doesn't mean anything. I might go watch the Barbie movie. I don't know. I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. Before we get out of here, Theo, there was one topic that you brought up, and I don't know why he wouldn't be good for college football. Is Coach Prime good for college football? Why wouldn't he be, Theo? He was a two-sport athlete. He brings he brings a mouthpiece back to the back to the college football, man. You need that. I think he is a truth sayer, not a truth sayer. I think Coach Prime is saying it how it is I also think he is saying it without any remorse. He's telling it how it is. How he ran his program in Jackson State is how he's running it in Colorado. And you're here at first on this episode or first on this show or from a couple of other people maybe. SMU will be courting Deion Sanders to be their next head coach after this contract is over. Deion Sanders has done a lot of good things for Colorado football, has done a lot of things for the transfer portal, and has done a lot of good things for the what is now the bona fide ugly, uh, the non-Pac-12. Because this is the last season the Pac-12 is all together. We'll, we won't go into what happens with that division or that conference yet because we still don't know. The bottom line is, Coach Prime can talk a game, walks the game. Can his players continue to perform? He is playing with house money because he all he has to do, Vegas had him at a three-and-a-half win season. He's already at three, and he wasn't going to beat Oregon. Oregon had Bo Nix, had far better athletes, have a much better pedigree than a Colorado team that went 1-11 last year. But – what does Coach Prime put into that Colorado team? Faith, trust, accountability, respect, integrity, and hard play. And confidence. Confidence is huge when you play good. Absolutely. And yeah, you know yeah. The wagon, don't join the bandwagon. You know what Coach Prime is doing is not the norm. It is not what the old school ballers want to do. We'll see how the rest of this year goes. I'm not saying it's all in positive for Coach Prime and the Colorado program, but there's a lot of things that are getting done that'll, in a good way and a bad way, that teams are going to play on upcoming years. Yeah. All right. Perfectly said. Theo, before we get out of here, you have anything? 
Yeah, I'm really upset at you, Joe, for not liking my Winnipeg Jets uh, cadet jersey. Uh, if you knew anything about the history of the Winnipeg Jets and the Royal Canadian Air Force, you would realize that Winnipeg was a center of attention many, many years, many, many moons, many, many decades ago of having an Air Force program here for the Canadian military and paying homage and tribute to it in a off blue, white and red jersey. It'll probably grow on me for the only three games that they wear it. But I think you should give it a now. I, I okay, but it almost looks like the same thing that the Mont- Montreal Canadiens are trying to do. Okay, so right? when St. Louis, when St. Louis either brings out a cartoon blue or a freaking trombone on their jersey. I'm going to ask you whether you like it or not. Yeah. So. I just I just don't like the game. All right. All right. So, for Theo, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> um, I guess I need to culture myself in jerseys. You need Have to a great week, everybody. And, and if you're coaching yourself, make sure you watch what you say or watch what you do. And don't grab your players' phones. Don't do those kind of things. It's uh, it's a new generation. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new bit of privacy. Let's, uh, let's stick to the things that work and uh, transform yourself to continue to be better coaching. How about that? Yep, I let would agree with that. Let's leave names out of this. Yeah, let's let's not go into that. I wanted to, but I'm like, no, nah, this is no, no, just let's not. For Theo, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, have a great rest of your week, everyone.